today's episode of the Roadhouse Podcast, the most natural and unapologetic podcast in the world. Roadhouse talks the NFL playoffs, where Brady will go after this season. Will we retire? Will we keep playing? Will we join a new team? We talk about the UFC fight between Conor McGregor, notorious, versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. That's going to be a barn burner. And we give to you, Conspiracy Corner, the myth of Santa Claus. And we end it on your favorite word of the week. Let's get this party started, baby. Let's get this show on the road. Road, road house. Enjoy the show. This entire military is one cohesive, dedicated force. And the threats to our nations, they don't sleep. They're watching our every move. Iran, Russia, China, North Korea, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They may be watching this right now. Our military should not be mistaken for a cable news gabfest show. We don't care what you look like. We don't care who you voted for, who you worship, what you worship, who you love. It doesn't matter if your dad left you millions when he died or if he knew who your father was. We have been honed into a machine of lethal moving parts that you would be wise to avoid if you know what's good for you. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. We've seen war. We don't want war. But if you want war with the United States of America, there's one thing I can promise you, so help me God. Someone else will raise your sons and daughters. Damn, cuzzy. Staff Sergeant David Bolavia went into 2020 with some bars, dude. <laughs> he, he is ready to body everybody. Let's fucking go. What's up, Roadhouse Mafia? Welcome to the Roadhouse Podcast Party. The most natural and unapologetic podcast in the world. If you listen to this right now. We would greatly appreciate it if you could head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us, give us a little rate and review. And like I said, that would be greatly appreciated. Damn, that that freaking speech gets me jacked up. That's wild. Yeah, you don't want no part of that. No part of that. I'm not here to talk about that today. I want to talk about some of these football games that happened. NFL playoffs. Holy shit. I'm here for it all. In the wild card rounds, we had Titans versus Patriots, Titans at Patriots, Mike Vrabel, Titans head coach, ex-disciple. I don't know if he was a dis- Yeah, I guess, yeah, he was a disciple, but he was a stud linebacker for the Patriots back in the day. This is when the student beats the shit out of Master Splinter. Belichick is Master Splinter, and Vrabel is fucking Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. He beat the teacher in here, and he did it. He did it in Belichick fashion. Special teams, taking time off the clock. Just outbuild Bill, man. It's not easy to do. And like I said, I said, Vrabel out, Belichick, Belichick. Especially on that last drive of the game. He was trying to waste as much time as possible. He was like, by taking, he took back-to-back penalties. You got to like figure out two different penalties. You could go, (laughs) you could commit. Because you can't do back-to-back committing the same penalties. if You're doing it on purpose. So. His whole point, like he was trying to give Brady as least amount of time as possible. Dude, they have the freaking best punter 
So when you have a stud punter who can punt the ball to the New England one-yard line, making it just about pretty much impossible for Brady, for some Brady magic to happen. There's no way. He got the ball at like the one-yard line, 25 seconds, no timeouts. Hopefully it's the end of the Patriots, dude. I'm over those guys always being in there. Fuck. It's been way too long. You know, it's the Patriots. They're going to they're gonna rebuild. Brady. Brady was fucking terrible. And he's been... He's been pretty bad all year. Looking his age, that that's for damn sure. This game, he was 20 for 37, 209 yards, no touchdowns. Like, come on. You got to throw at least a touchdown. You got to get something going, Tom. Uh, that's unacceptable. One interception. Not a good game by him. And like I said, he's just, he's old. He's fucking old, man. What do you want from him? He needs some weapons. He needs, he needs so much more to operate at his fucking age that he is right now. I think he needs to retire. Brady thinks he's playing until he's freaking 45. Good fucking luck with that. That isn't happening. For the first time in his career, Brady is he, he's, he's going to be a free agent, so he can go sign with whoever he wants. There's no chance that Bill Belichick brings Brady back either because Bill and Tom both have the biggest freaking egos. They both want more credit than the other. But I mean, Bill's a fucking... Bill's the mastermind. So... I still think Bill gets more credit than Brady, but Brady's a baller. I think, in my opinion, best quarterback of all time. And there's a lot of rumors about how Tom Brady's going to go to the Chargers. That, that's, that's bullshit, in my opinion. I think they're just saying that because Brady's from Cali, so it sounds good. I mean, in reality, he should be going to the 49ers, but Jimmy G's over there trying to get that fucking Super Bowl. Pretty interesting, but he's not going to the Chargers, guys. You think the Chargers are going to drop Old Man Rivers for Old Man Brady? Nah, Cassie. <laughs> nah, that's not. Why? That's, that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. If the Chargers, if their thought process is to like bring in Brady and say it's on a one-year deal, start him and draft a young quarterback for Brady to mentor, I guess, I guess that makes sense. But then again, why wouldn't you just do that with Philly Rivers then? Bring in a quarterback, let Philly uh, mentor him. The Chargers just have the, wor- the worst luck. Phil Rivers is not going to get a Super Bowl, so I don't know. This is some mock drafts about like Justin Herbert at, from Oregon going to the Chargers. I've said it. I don't think that Herbert, I mean, he could be a good NFL quarterback, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that Kobe gene. He doesn't have that fire, you know, to go out there like, let's fucking win this game, boys. He doesn't have that. If you watch Duck games from... And I've watched all of them from when he first started. He's scared, man. I think he's scared. So if Brady does exercise his option to become a free agent, you you guys can go out there, find your rumors, whatever teams that he should go to. My top three teams that I think Brady should at least consider is number three, the Colts. The Colts realized that Jacoby Brissett, who backed up Brady in New England a couple years ago, the Colts figured out Brissett wasn't the guy that he thought he would be. So I think this last Colts year was, it, it was a wash. They started off hot, kind of showing resilience because they just find out that Andrew Lux retires right before the beginning of the season. By midseason, they, they fell apart. Marlon Mack misses games every single year from injury. T.Y. Hilton misses games every single year from injury. Their defense is good. They got a good-ass defense. Their offense just can never stay healthy. They were starting like Zach Pascal. That guy would just start balling because everyone's always getting hurt. Their defense. The Colts have a great defense. 
They're good coaching, and they have weapons. I mean, if the weapons can stay healthy, Marlon Mack, which can't seem to uh, stay healthy, but he's a fucking beast. He's good. You got T.Y. Hilton, good. Can't stay healthy. There's smaller guys, but then you got Ebron and uh, fucking Doyle, Jack Doyle rules, both at tight end, so... You're Brady, you go there, and you know that the Colts have a fucking badass line. Quentin Nelson, best lineman in the game, already a Hall of Famer. Brady needs to consider that. They could put Brissett behind Brady. Like, hey, you need to, you need to sit back, watch the master go to work a little more, and then I don't know who gives Brady a like a long-year deal. I think someone might give him maybe a two-year deal. I think it might just be a one-year deal from there on out. What if Brady just becomes a mercenary until he's 45, goes and just starts for multiple teams? Yeah, yeah, let's fucking see that, Brady. Just be a straight mercenary. And the Colts owner, Jim Ursay, he did say that the Colts were in the market for a quarterback. Enter Tom fucking Goat Brady. Number two, I have Carolina Panthers. The main thing here would be if Brady would like want to go play for a new rookie NFL head coach, Matt Rule, who just got hired uh, by the Panthers. He's coming off a good season coaching at the Baylor Bears. His first year, he did shit at Baylor. Second year, completely fucking turned it around. Turned out real good. So if I'm Matt Rule and I'm the Panthers, I for sure take a chance on old man Brady. Why not? Why the fuck not? Especially when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey. CMC, baby. Let's go. White chocolate. White thunder. White lightning. Touchdown maker. Machine. He's a fucking baller. So you got Christian McCaffrey and all Brady did this season anyways was dumping it off to fucking James White. Well, now we're talking about Brady did CMC all season. Brady to Curtis Samuel. Brady to DJ Moore. Brady to big dick Greg Olson. If Greg and his third leg can stay healthy, that that's, doesn't happen very often now. And also... If you're a rookie head coach in the NFL and you have the chance to pick up the greatest quarterback of all time for a year or two, why the hell not? Put your big boy pants on, go talk to whoever you need to talk to, and get Brady. Brady can boost Matt Rule's career too. Remember that. This current Panthers team, you know, they make it to the playoffs with Brady for sure. The next two years probably. So when I say Brady will boost Matt Rule's career, I mean it. You're getting a respected leader to quarterback your team while you look for a successor. And Brady will take you to the playoffs in your first two years, like I said earlier. That is a good start to your NFL career as a head coach. Look into it, boy. Take a shot on Carolina, Brady. Finally. Number one team I have, you know, the Chicago Bears. First of all, Brady plays in the cold. That Chicago cold ain't fucking nothing to pretty boy Tom. And first off, Mitch Trubisky is not the answer. Lick your wounds from trading up to get Trubisky when you could have had Mahomes and or Deshaun Watson and sign Brady. Sit Mitch's ass behind Brady and let Mitch learn. Be like, hey, you need to get you need to go back to school. So I'm going to bring in this new instructor that's going to fucking teach you the way. And we all know the Bears D is good. Brady has to be on a team with a good D because Brady's not going to really win shootouts anymore. They got offensive weapons. They got Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. You could dump off to. That's your James White. You have um, Burton, tight end. I guess he didn't really pan out. And you have Matt Nagy calling plays for Brady that that he can make. 
and Mitch can't. The next game that we had was we had the Bills at the Texans. Bills 19, Texans 22. That was in overtime. The Bills started this game out freaking extremely on fire. Josh Allen had that 40-yard run to start it, then threw that 16-yard dart to John Brown. And after that first tug that the Bills scored, I don't know what the hell happened. They just took their foot off the gas and put that wagon in cruise control. Come on. What are you guys doing? You guys are in the playoffs. You guys are the underdog, like the lowest seed. You got the lead. You got to just go for the fucking win. That was the last touchdown that the Bills scored. They followed that up with four field goals and lost the fucking game. Where are you at, McDermott? What were you coaching? You coaching scared. You must not have gone to church that Sunday, bro. If you're scared, go to church. Bills might have got that one. You were winning the whole game, bro. It was 16-0 Bills at halftime. Like, come on. They were just playing scared and soft about midway through the second and just ended the game that same way. Came out flat after halftime. Josh Allen, making, he was making terrible plays in the second half. Trying to, he was trying to jump over dudes. He's trying to lateral into a crucial-ass moment of the game. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But then again, that's just a second-year quarterback in his first playoff game. And you got J.J. Watt trying to come at you all game. J.J. Watt didn't really do anything until he had that one sack in the second half. So, this credit goes out to the Texans. Dabo Sweeney, coach of the Clemson Tigers, said that Deshaun Watson is the Michael Jordan of football. And Watson balled out in the second half and brought his team Back from down 16 to win, 22-19. Let's see that Watson magic continue. The Texans-Chiefs game. That should be a good one. But I got, I got the Chiefs all the way. I got the Chiefs winning 38-31. to 31. By the time you guys are listening to this, you guys will already know the outcome. So we'll see how close I was. And I think the Texans are going to cover. I think it was a plus... I think it was plus 10 last time I saw that game. That's going to be fireworks. Over after the first half. Over 24. But like I said, you guys, this game's already going to be over by the time you guys are listening. Another year, another great regular season, followed by a disappointing postseason loss. I'm pretty sure everyone, everyone, their mothers, their sisters, their girlfriends, their side bitches, they all had the Saints beating the Vikings. I mean, ooh-wee. It's Captain Kirk in primetime. He never wins those games. Come on. What are you guys thinking? And still... With that knowledge, Breeze, Peyton, can't guard Mike, and Alvin Kamara could not get it done. Come on, guys. You guys are all studs. And Breeze, like Brady, Breeze and Brady are getting tied and tied to each other as these years go by. Breeze played like shit. 26 for 33, 208 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not going to get it done, Drew. Not against the Vikings. Better luck next to your Saints. Who that? Breeze is also in the same boat as Brady this year where he's also going to be a free agent. I'm pretty sure he's going to stay on the Saints. Vikings, congrats on beating the Saints. But what a poor showing against the Niners. You know, <laughs> how the fuck did you guys beat the Saints? And then against the Niners, the Vikings couldn't even sniff a run game. And the protection was Trash Town USA. All the linemen looking like bird box out there trying to tr just attempting to block that nasty Niner D line. I had the Vikings plus seven in this and you fucked me. You fucked me. I thought it would have been a lot closer than that. You guys got absolutely the 49ers. They showed up on the field. They literally took their left hand and the right hand. They pried open your mouth 
and literally took a shit inside your mouth. That's what the 49ers did to the Vikings. They literally shit in your mouths. Cleveland steamers. Everybody, you get a Cleveland steamer. You get a Cleveland steamer. Open up that mouth. I just had fucking tortillas last week. You're going to get some hot shits in your mouth. That's what happened to the Vikings. The Vikings will never reach the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as their starter. No, they won't. They'll look at it. They'll see it. They're like, it's so close. They'll play the Super Bowl in our stadium. But it's so close. Skull. 21 for 29, 172 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Enjoy your offseason, Kurt. Seahawks versus Eagles. Man, Eagles had no chance. They were just happy to be there. That was it. No one expected them to win a game. Russell Wilson is the clutchest quarterback in the league currently. He's not losing early in the playoffs two years in a row. That's just not happening. Turn your fucking brains on. And like again, by the time you all listen to this, the Packers have already beat this, the Seahawks. You can run on the Packers defense. That's the thing. You can run on the Packers defense, but the Seahawks have, they have no running backs. They have no running backs that can exploit the shitty Packers run defense. The only place beast mode is running to is the buffet. I got the Packers 24-21. Give us a Chiefs versus Packers Super Bowl. If there's an NFL God, that's what we're hoping for. Let's go back to the Titans versus the Ravens. I took the Titans for this game. I, I took Titans money line and just went right for it. The Titans were the hottest team coming into the playoffs. They're on a roll right now. They're a machine. You don't want to you don't want to tackle. <laughs> like how Nobody wants to tackle Derrick Henry after halftime, dude. That guy is a stud. He he is a beast, man. And I like how it kind of took him a couple couple years to kind of get started, get it rolling. But man, these last two years, he's finished so strong. He can take you places. Look at this. These NFL teams, you run the ball, you play good defense, and you win these playoff games. Tana, in the first quarter of the Titans Ravens. Barn, <laughs> just a freaking, that was a barn fire. Tannehill had back-to-back passing touchdowns in the first quarter. One of them was a dope-ass catch by Johnny Smith making a fucking play, baby. It's the playoffs. What, what do you want? You got one hand on the ball, you catch that shit. You don't drop it in the playoffs. Come on, bro. That second TD comes right after the Ravens fail a fourth-down conversion at like the 20-yard on his fourth and one. Ravens just... Couldn't do shit. Next play, Tannehill throws the deep ball because he 44 yards for six. Perfect ball. Next drive, Lamar, Lamar Jackson loses his cool just a little bit when he threw that, that first pick and then pretty much horse collars the dude who fucking picked him off. You got to keep your shit composed, bro. But instead, Lamar absolutely lost his shit. He got strip-sacked in the third, then follows it up with another interception. The Titans had a perfect game plan, pretty much just fucked the Ravens up in all three phases of the game. And the Titans offensive coordinator, dude, he was in his bag of tricks, baby. Little jump pass. I mean, that Derrick Henry jump pass for a TD was sweet. And he had (laughs) Mariota was by the sideline playing, designed a bad split end, just absolutely wide open. And Derrick Henry just... Style points. Let's fucking go for the jump pass. I'm with it. Derrick Henry was balling all game. He's been balling all playoffs. Pretty sure he stiff-armed the whole Ravens secondary. He literally turned Earl Thomas into a zombie. He stiff-arms him, and then Earl Thomas like, what the fuck, turns around, and then just puts his hand on Earl Thomas's back, and just lead block for me, ho. <laughs> and 
And then, uh, what was the, the other safety on the Ravens thing? 36 or whatever number he was. He got stiff arm, just so clean, but he, he got injured. Derrick Henry stiff him so hard. He was like, Hey, I'm gonna let me introduce you to the earth and just stiff armed him right through the earth's crust. Derrick Henry has turned the Titans into a machine right now. Tannehill's playing good. The D is playing good. I don't think anyone wants to play them right now. No one wants to play the Titans. <laughs> this game, Lamar made some very dumb plays, but the big plays that he made, it was still like, damn, dude, he's, he's so good. But the Ravens wish they had playoff Falco. <laughs> but at the end of the game, when the, it was fourth down, or I think it was third down right here, Lamar was scrambling around for like 15 seconds. None of his wide receivers can get open. That's unacceptable. Get, get open, dude. You got your quarterback trying to just buy some time for you guys. You guys are close to the end zone. Get open, catch the pass, score a touchdown. I don't know what you guys are picking your asses, walking around looking at fucking grass. Shit, man. So that was the games. We'll recap these next games after they happen on next week's episode. And this upcoming January 18th, we have Connor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And my dick is so hard. I'm fucking so pumped for that. I am so pumped for that fight. I'm a huge, huge fan of Connor. Huge fan of Cowboy. I like them both. I think they're both good, but I think at this point in Cowboy's career, he's got a glass jaw. It is what it is. I don't know what else you guys want me to say. Cowboy is just, once you touch that jaw, he, he starts seeing stars. It's going to be interesting. Cowboy's got to weather the storm, play out the rounds, but I think Connor, there's a good chance Connor takes him out with that fucking, that left hand from Ireland touches Cowboy's jaw. It's not going to take much. I'm really interested to see how this how this fight goes, but oh man, I hate to do. I'm going with Connor. And the other fights on this card, I think you got Anthony Pettis versus uh, Ferraria. That should be a good one. Holly Holm, haven't seen her in the ring in a while. She's going to be on there. Moraine Dranamy, Raquel Pennington. I'm only really worried about Connor and Cowboy. The other ones are whatever. I thought you'd have a way better lineup with you with you got when you got uh, Connor coming back. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Tune in, guys. We'll have a recap for that and everything. I know most of you guys, if you guys haven't already, you guys saw Ricky Gervais. He was hosting, I don't know, what was it? The Oscars or Golden Globes. I don't know. One of those dumbass <laughs> award shows that absolutely like mean nothing. Like, I don't get, get why they, <laughs> they, they do it just to party and fuck each other. You know, the celebrity orgies. The Avengers gangbang, that that's what goes on after those parties. But Ricky Gervais was, he was hosting it. I'm, I guess it was his fifth time hosting it. And he was like, I ain't doing it no more. And he just went in on everybody. Here's a clip if you guys haven't seen it. It's the last time, who cares? Oh, Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, 
don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god. And fuck off. So... It's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. Tom Hanks' face was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he just said that. Yeah. Dude, no one cares. If you really care what some Hollywood celebrity has to say, get fucked. Like, why? Those guys don't live the same life that you live. You guys will never live the same lives. So, all their bullshit agendas that they try to push, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't got to worry about anything. Walking Phoenix was just like, he just showed up to some event with Jane Fonda, started talking about how everyone's got to be vegan, do your part to help save the climate. He flew there on his jet. And then in, at the Golden Globes, he's talking about how you shouldn't use your jet to fly water two hours away. Like, you understand this conversation. When have you talked to anyone where you're just like casually, yeah, I fucking just took my jet down to Palm Springs. Like, what the fuck? We're not the same people. I don't know why. They hold any water in whatever they say, dude, whatever they lecture. Like, get out of here. I got, I, got no, I got no ears for you guys. Zero. Get your award. Thank your peeps and get the fuck out there. Right after you said that, Jennifer Aniston came up and she started talking about uh, Australia and how that climate change fires. And hey, Jennifer, get your buckets of water and get out there. Walk up to the firefighters after you have your orgy with them. Be like, hey, where can I get a fire suit? Start helping. Where are all these politicians? Where are all these climate affectors? I want to see Bernie. Give up fucking like 70% of your, your money to Australia. All you climate change people, send money to Australia, yes, for the victims out there, 100%. But I want to see like all these politicians and people that are balls deep in climate change. Fucking do your part. Do something. Don't just tweet about it. Don't act like you care because you don't really fucking care. If you really cared, you'd be out there with water and buckets. You would get a ticket, go out there, or you would donate a tons of money for help. Don't go at other people who aren't talking about the climate or whatever bullshit that <laughs> you this little fairy tale that you're in. Do your fucking part. Do, do what you got to do. On today's Roadhouse Word of the Week, today's word is boner bonding. What is boner bonding, you ask? Boner bonding is when you and one of your guy friends have a heart-to-heart. We're just hanging out solo, not doing gay shit. Not doing gay shit, but it's not called a heart-to-heart. It's boner bonding. And there ain't nothing wrong with it, baby. All right, guys. And to close this episode out for you boys and girls, women and gents, ladies and side pieces... All the chads out there, we got Conspiracy Corner! The Roadhouse Conspiracy Corner is back this week. The next episode, Winnie D's, will have returned. And we are back on that bullshit. Two guys, give you a little refreshing breath of air from <laughs> my voice. So in today's Roadhouse Conspiracy Corner, we have Santa Claus. Santa, 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 now, you don't want to be the first kid who finds out that Santa's not real, but you also, you don't want to be the last kid that 
finds out Santa Claus isn't real. Santa Claus, to me, is the very first conspiracy. It's a hustle. All the parents, they tell their kids, oh, Santa got you these gifts. Well, but what the fuck? Get out of here. I got you these kids. There ain't no Santa Claus. You think his fat fucking ass can fit down that chimney? Nah, bro. Stop lying <laughs> to your kids about Santa Claus. Just tell them the fucking truth, dude. <laughs> like, like, it seems like all of America's in on this con. Like, when you have on the news, they have like, oh, Santa Claus tracker on the GPS. What is going on? Get that out of here. <laughs> That's all nonsense. So, on Jay's Conspiracy Corner, I'm going to give you a little look into who St. Nicholas was, how the Santa Claus myth all got started. Who was St. Nicholas? Nicholas, their meaning for Nicholas was, means, in quotes, victorious. Nicholas's parents, that's St. Nicholas, if you guys haven't gotten that part. Nicholas's parents, they couldn't have kids for 30 years, for the first 30 years of their marriage. God granted them a miracle around 270 to 280 AD. That's so long ago. Nicholas was known for his kindness and generosity. And then St. The meaning of saint is, if you don't know what the meaning of saint is, look it up, read a Bible or something, man. Educate yourself. Saint means one who is set apart for God. We don't really know where he became a saint. And this is where the myth stories come in. First in a bathtub that he stood up and raised his arms as if he was praising God. He refused to take milk from his mother until sundown on Wednesdays and Fridays because those were fasting days in church. Nicholas supposedly provided money for three poor young ladies to get married. One of them wanted to sell herself as a prostitute so the other two could get married. He brought three children back to life who had been butchered. Oh, that's St. Nicholas, guys. A lady who was executed to see the archbishop left her body in a tub of water over fire. She appealed to St. Nicholas and the baby was found unhurt playing in the bubbling water. These are just a few of the many miracles. You guys can go look up more if you guys really want to go balls deep into it. The Golden Legend, a book published in 1483, attributed to Nicholas for 21 miracles. How the picture of Santa Claus came to be. Like, this is how Santa Claus became to be perceived by the masses. In the 1100s, the French nuns began to give gifts in the name of St. Nicholas on St. Nicholas Eve, December 5th. The custom was adopted. 1300 AD, the pagan god Odin, that's some Viking shit right there, guys. You know, fucking Ragnar. Vikings, such a good show. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. 1300 AD, the pagan god Odin got mixed with St. Nicholas. He rode an eight-legged white horse through the night skies. His long white beard led away the souls of those that had died that year. This took place at the time of winter solstice, December 21st. Before this, St. Nicholas was pictured with a black beard. No white. He just got old, guys. That's what it was. He got fucking old. What do you expect? The chimney myth. <laughs> this is shit. Around the same time, the belief that Santa Claus enters the house through the chimney came from the goddess Hertha, who appeared in the fireplace and brought God that brought good luck to the house. Mm, I don't know. I also heard that they would like climb down chimneys and have shroom parties, eat a bunch of shrooms, get fucking weird. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, if you haven't tried shrooms before and you want to get rid of, you want to have your, all your, all your insecurities exposed, 
go check it out, man. That's going to open up some shit about yourself, but whatever, man. So this is how we evolved, this is how St. Nicholas evolved from being called St. Nicholas to Santa Claus. Slowly, St. Nicholas evolved into the omniscient observer of children's behavior. Good behavior equals gifts. Bad behavior equals switches to be used on the masses. Ouch. Slap that ass with that fucking switch. That, that shit's painful. Trust me. No one knows how the commemoration of St. Nicholas got moved from December 6th to December 25th, the birth of Christmas to um, some of you, or most of you, I guess. Calvinist Protestants of Northern Germany had insisted that gifts be brought as part of the celebration of Christmas instead of St. Nicholas Day. Santa Claus got his biggest boost in America, of course, with fucking propaganda, from a seminary professor, Dr. Clement Clark Moore. He taught in New York City. His first American book purchase was called New Year's Present for the Little Ones from 5 to 12, which inspired him to write a poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, for his children in 1822. We know the poem as Twas the Night Before Christmas. Would you look at that? And then you had famous American cartoonist Thomas Nast popularized Santa Claus and Harper B-92. Oh, fuck. Scratch that, boys. I don't know what that was. Uh, And the Harpies. Oh, bizarre. From 1860s to the 1880s, George Webster contributed to the idea that Santa Claus headquarters was the North Pole. So you hear how it evolved from St. Nicholas to Santa Claus over the years just gets watered down. It's a game of telephone. The stories get changed a little bit more and more as they get passed down. Santa Claus, guys, (laughs) stop. Stop telling your kids there's a Santa Claus. Tell them, man, I worked real hard for that shit. And I got it for you because I love you. And I love you guys that are listening to the Roadhouse Podcast. Conspiracy Corner. All right, guys and girls, thanks for joining and showing up to the Roadhouse Podcast Party. We'll see you guys next week. If you guys haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you'd like to donate to the show, we have a Patreon setup at patreon.com backsplash Roadhouse Media. Go over there, subscribe. It's $3 a month. I know you've, you're buying dumber shit for $3 a month. So let us entertain you. All the donations are just just conducive. Like we have all, we have a good setup right now, but there's so much more equipment we could have to just further some of our projects that we have in the making. So all your guys' contributions, they, uh, they help us out so much and we love you guys for it. And again, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe, rate and review Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Pandora. So if you just want to stream us, go check out Pandora everywhere where you guys listen to podcasts. Go check us out. The Roadhouse Podcast. We'll see you guys next week, fuckers. And to the Roadhouse Mafia, the mob is growing, baby. We're here to take over. Peace.
myself that 